0: Out there, this is Brian Lawton, and you're listening
1: to the Tomahawk Roundup. All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zaroski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by NHL Network analyst and legendary jack of all trades, former number one overall pick by the Minnesota North Stars, Brian Lawton. How are you, Brian? I'm doing terrific.
0: How are you, Frank?
1: Good. Doing fabulous. So you were the first overall pick in the 1983 NHL Draft to the North Stars. Tell us what draft day was like for you and how you have seen it change as an NHL Network analyst.
0: Well, back then we didn't have nearly as much media as we do today. That's the biggest change I tell young players. I cover the draft for NHL Network, so I'm at every draft on the floor experiencing the same things. Now in the media, as I did as a player, although it's a slightly different twist, 1983, when I was selected first, the NHL draft was always in Montreal at that time, and it was just a fantastic event that they put on. My issue on the particular day I was drafted, I was a couple minutes late actually showing up to the draft. I never got a chance to even sit down before I was called. I got hung up at the elevator talking to a friend at a local hotel before I Realized I would be a couple minutes late, but fortunately, I didn't make it in time to be selected.
1: Yeah, that's fabulous, and that's a story you're going to have for the rest of your life. Um, so as a member of Octagon Hockey, you represented players including Mike Medano, Sergei Fedorov, and Steve Iserman. How was your experience as an agent, given your tenure in the league? Well,
0: for clarity, I ran Octagon Hockey. It was actually a company that I started that I sold to Octagon and uh, eventually added many of my other close friends in the business to the firm guys like larry kelly that really worked with steve eisenman predominantly uh alan Walsh was was and is a very critical member mike leute uh we were fortunate to work as a firm with so many great players Uh, the business was in its infancy back then it was a great time to start as an agent because salaries hadn't really exploded so there wasn't that much competition But uh, when I look at the business today, it's crazy. It's much more complex, it's much more competitive, and it's much more lucrative, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, so you, I just, I can't imagine starting a company and seeing it explode like this into Octagon Hockey. I've worked with them, and I can only imagine how proud you are of that company.
0: Yeah, I'm very proud to, you know, Octagon did not have any hockey division when they bought my company, a company called Lot Sport Financial we were still small at that time, under 20 players, but I had a vision for what I thought the future would look like, and I thought it was international. That's what was so appealing to me about Octagon is they had an international footprint, and they were gracious enough to give me a rather large sum of money in terms of being able to utilize for acquisitions and to grow the growth firm quickly. That's exactly what we did. Uh, it lives on today. I resigned or retired back in 2007 to move on to become a general manager in the National Hockey League. But I'm very proud that the firm has continued on, done an incredible job. They've got great people there to this day, and they still represent over 100 players in the National Hockey League. They really are a dominant force in that
1: business. Absolutely, and I couldn't agree more. The dominant force in the hockey player agent business. You were talking about your time as a an NHL general manager. You made a really bold move with Tampa Bay. You wrote a 46-page paper on how to improve the then last, pa- last place lightning. How did you come up with the idea, and what was the initial reaction from the ownership?
0: The action was very strong. There's really nothing bold about it. I just believe in putting pen to paper. In terms of articulating plans uh, in the hockey business, there's a lot of people that talk the big game. It's much more difficult to actually sit down and cohesively write out what you're going to do. I found it incredibly useful for us in Tampa. We were able to highlight some issues with the club very quickly. They were dead last when I started. Reserve list was kind of non-existent. Salary cap was out of whack. Player development was non-existent. A lot of that dovetailed with what I had written. And it allowed us over the two plus years that we were there to really clean up that roster, uh, draft and or develop players like Stan Coase and Hedman, and really set the table for one of my good friends, Steve Eiserman, who ended up being hired several months after I was let go by new ownership. And Steve really did a fantastic job yeah. down at Tampa. He built that club up, took some of the pieces that we left him, was able to utilize them in key ways, and uh, they live on to this day. That was almost nine, ten years ago. So uh, great to see Tampa Bay doing so well. A uh, new challenge for Stevie, obviously, in Detroit. Not going to be as easy, and I'd say that only because I know how much hard work went into the preparation of getting Tampa ready to win. Uh, Stevie's going through some of that process now, and it may take another year or two before they can get
1: it going. Absolutely. So take our listeners through the day-to-day job of a general manager and the work you did in Tampa Bay. So you punch in at Tampa Bay. What's your what's your day-to-day job? What's it like being a general manager? Uh,
0: the day-to-day job is very Manager, You focus on your own team so much, as you should. But it does deter you from maybe being as knowledgeable as I felt I was when I started at Tampa. I've been fortunate to, to kind of recontinue where I was at before I started that job at Tampa with NHL Network, where you're really dialing in on all 31 clubs, not just your own. That's the biggest difference. Uh, you got to be a jack-of-all-trades. You're negotiating contracts. You're managing people, managing staffs, allocating dollars. Uh, it's a wonderful job. Uh, It's really the second most enjoyable job I had in my life, first being was an NHL player. Um, It's not exactly the same, but to me, other than coaching, it's the second best thing or third best thing to play.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And people don't give general managers enough credit because all they see is the trades and the acquisitions. They don't realize how much goes into the position of being a general manager of a hockey club.
0: No, they don't. It's not as glorified as people think. It's very slow moving. It's a more cerebral job when you're a player. you used to be judged not only day to day, but almost minute to minute, shift to shift. When you're managing a club, and particularly my experience in Tampa, where there was just a lot of work that had to be done that was going to take time, and it moves painfully slow. It was incredibly difficult at times just to wait for the moves that you're making the actions that you're making to take effect we never really got a chance to experience that Um, but when I wrote plans for Tampa I was very very confident by the third season the club would be in the playoffs I got fired after the second season and the fact of the matter is in the third season after Steve Eisenman took over they finished 8th overall in the National Hockey League pretty much the way we drew it up I was expecting us to be in the top 10 I was expecting us to go through a lot of pain, which we did get the uh, experience of that, and I can tell you it wasn't fun, but the rewards have been worth it for that organization and they continue to reap the benefits. Uh, We were fortunate, we had some high picks. They turned out to be great people. That's a crapshoot; doesn't always work that way. Uh, Tampa was very, very fortunate to be able to add guys like Stamkos and Hedman to their lineup and uh, the rest is kind of history down there.
1: Absolutely. So we're nearing the end of the 10-minute mark. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners around the Chicagoland area and in the 27 states, provinces, and four countries we're listened to in? Uh,
0: I think the main thing is that for me personally, I've been very blessed to work in hockey because it's my entire life. I don't take that blessing lightly. Uh, I've never really had a day of work, as the old saying goes, because I enjoy what I'm doing enjoying working for NHL network now. Uh, who knows what the future will hold. But overall, I'm very, very thankful for being just involved in hockey.
1: Absolutely. Brian Lawton, the jack of all trades in the hockey world. Brian, thank you so much for the time.
0: My pleasure, Frank.